Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Someone has to keep in track of how many episodes there are. Hello, welcome to the Yowie Shelf. Hello. Uh, if you are watching this video, Sansa is being a very good boy. Yes. And your hosts Look are matching. <laughs> yeah, we're matching. TwitterCon represents. Uh, I am uh, <laughs> five days out from a con. We you are, are. You are. You are. The organizer life is bu- busy. It always is. It always is. But um, crazy. I decided to show a little solidarity for Carla, Thank who's been you. working very, very hard. <laughs> so at least now, when she doesn't answer my messages, I know it's because of Toyotacon. Yeah. And not like me just... And not dead. like Ken Porsche or dead. skating or something. Dead in a ditch watching Ken Porsche. Also, right. D- just getting it out of the system. I don't know if you saw, but our favorite Ice Prince uh, just randomly announced his marriage, just like everyone have been joking yes. that he would and the world yes. has just tilted i'm very happy for him congrats yuzu but also i'm pretty sure he got married to skating uh we don't know who this person is <laughs> this person isn't real um this person isn't real he is married to the rink it is literally yuri on ice uh yes. we are both very tired but... yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean we... tired tired is such um it's such a loaded term. I'm not that tired. I'm heavily caffeinated and uh, stressed. Valid. It's, it's okay. Valid. I have stuff happening because I've had to be. Uh, so here's a fun peek behind the curtain for me. I am the kind of millennial that doesn't know what to do with downtime. So my friend and I are thinking of starting another show. No. You're not allowed. I am putting my foot down, Amanda. Get some fucking rest. Never. Uh, speaking of no rest for the wicked, Crow, what are we talking about today? Oh, God. Oh, we're talking about fanfic writing tropes. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we love talking about writing. I mean, I, for one, will not talk so much about writing today because I don't write fanfic anymore. I guess I'll be talking a lot today because I just released a fanfic last week. Yeah, like this is Amanda's going to carry this entire episode uh, <laughs> as per usual. Yeah. And I <laughs> and I will try to to um, I, I, I don't even have words anymore. What I will try to to supply my thoughts where I can. Yes. Uh, but and I mean I don't write fanfic anymore, not because I look down on it or because I don't mm-hmm. like it, but I just don't know how to do it anymore. Well, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that because I think one thing that is really, really interesting, and I feel like so, you know, again, another peek behind the curtain. Here's two peeks behind the curtain. Uh when we come up with episode ideas, oftentimes, you know, sometimes there is like this grand 
thought out like oh we're looking at seo and trends and stuff like that like sometimes it is like the wolf of wall street and we're like being really really smart most of the time it's we keep bringing this thing up in episodes and i was like we should finally just fucking talk about it right yeah yeah like we basically talked about this every single episode why don't we do an episode about it right like, like it's one of the reasons why we did the gravitation episode so quickly is because we wouldn't stop talking about gravitation it's one of the reasons why we started talking about fanfic in general was because we realized that you know especially with oh, this is gonna sound shady having a co-host that actually likes bl and yaoi uh that we had this thing in common but then for whatever reason i decided to dip my toes back into it i guess because i need attention and and as for me i um uh, i fell face first into kitten portion couldn't get enough and now i'm up all night reading fanfic and so now yes. i actually know some things about fanfic in the year of 2023 so i can actually right. contribute <laughs> so you know i feel like you know as we started talking about writing as we started talking about this stuff one thing came to mind is that we learned writing from the same book we yes. collectively fujin collectively learned how to write from the same book Yes. And every problem you see in fan or even now works is a miscopy of the same book. Yes. And we're going to talk about that today because that's one thing that I think is the most fascinating because, you know, I was raised in a Catholic household. And one of the things that the Catholic church was really, really big on was that only priests could read the Bible. Right, because they didn't trust other people to read the Bible. Like they didn't trust people to read it. So I almost get that because look what happened when everyone started reading the Bible and had all these crazy like, oh, and God says he hates gays. It's like he never said that. He literally never said that. Like most of the modern prejudices we have are because of one guy's mistranslation of the Bible. King James the first. I believe you. Thank you. Bible, Bible scholar Amanda. Yeah, you're you're my this is my Bible study. I don't know anything. I have no choice but to trust you. So yes. you know. So but fanfic ended up with the same thing. Like we all were copying off of someone's test. Oh yeah. <laughs> all of us. All of and us. We, thousands and of us. And we, and I say this even though I don't write fic anymore, still do it. We still Apparently. do it. We still I, do it. I am, oh my God, I'm so excited to talk more am, about this all month because I am, I am shook it. I came back after more than a decade and I was and like, it feels the what? Same. Nothing has changed. Like some of the phrasings have changed and like some of the things that people are copying of each other are different yes. but it's the exact same formula it is it's the same it's the craziest thing i'm so, so fascinated it is so interesting yeah. to me so we're gonna talk about that we're yes. gonna talk about that a lot today so grab yourself a snack get a glass of water like this Please is gonna get be some the water <laughs> yes um also patreon yes these videos are uh, 
incredibly demonetized and will be demonetized forever because we talk about sensitive subjects. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash the alley shelf. Again, that is patreon.com slash the alley shelf. If you'd like to keep the uh, metaphorical and physical lights going, patrons get some really, really cool merch and uh, special opportunities, including voting on our Halloween costume this year. Yes. And I did do my homework. I just didn't message you about it. I did not do my homework and I did not message myself about it. So we'll follow up. Yes. <laughs> um, I've been working on Citrus Con stuff. Yeah. We're going to Citrus Con. And I am Con. I'm trying really hard. I mean, I'm very excited for Citrus Con. Don't get me yes. wrong. I'm super excited. Yes. I can't wait yes. to do it. It's a sense. But also, I don't want to think about anything <laughs> that is beyond TwitterCon right now. I'm like, no, I totally, one I totally con get it. at a time. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. So that's some of the stuff that's coming up. We'll you know, mention again at the end of the show because there's a lot happening right now. Like we genuinely, when we keep saying like there's a lot going on, there's a lot going on. There, there is, is a lot going on. One more thing that I think is necessary to bring up at the start of the show, and that is, Corolla, would you like to tell the listeners at home what we can finally announce after months of work? Wait, which one of the things? I don't want to say the wrong one. The 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 collab one. The collab one. Okay. The collab one. Yes, we have. I mean, we already we we already talked about this a little bit in our socials. We have, but we have a very very exciting call up happening this month with our beloved Yiggy Bean Books. Yay! Love Yiggy Bean. Amanda worked really hard on a special design ah! that I finally finally got to see and hold in my own hands. Yes. Recently, I am very yes. happy. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so every order that you place with Yiggy Bean while supplies last comes with a special little freebie from mm -hmm. us. Uh, so go give Yiggy Bean some love, buy some stuff. Honestly, you know, when we started the show, or when I started the show and Corolla uh, signed, sealed herself to me via magical contract. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about uh right. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure what happened, but I'm still here. So <laughs> when when Corolla Kyo caught him out her way into my life. <laughs> Technically, that wasn't me. That... <laughs> when Kasa caught Kyo caught him out, Corolla into my yeah, life. They flushed uh, me into your life. Um uh, Yiggy Bean is the exact kind of partner that we've always wanted to work with. Yeah. Yiggy Bean is exactly the kind of company person people that we've always wanted to work with mm -hmm. so go support them yeah and please get yourself an exclusive uh sticker one that my best friend stole promptly like she was over at my apartment uh picking me up before i went to the beach and she's like yoink and it's like my co-host doesn't even have one of these yet. yeah and you told me and i was like before me I'll get mine in like August, which you know, surprise, I got it right. in August. In August. <laughs> also, Corolla's very cool freebie. Yes. Also, Corolla's birthday gift arrived, which means I finally got to tell her the very, very funny story yeah, about listen, her gift. I, he's he's right here. I got a lot of very nice things in that gift, but clearly, if right. you're a listener only, Amanda got me a Tamaki plush, and he's my life. And you have to tell the listeners the story <laughs> because it is like the funniest thing I've ever heard. So I baby. So Corolla sent me her wish list like a good girl, like I asked. You know. After and you harassed me for weeks because yeah, I after yeah, after harassing you for weeks, I got your wish list. And of course there was a Tomaki plushie, and I'm like, well, obviously I have to get her her son. 
not happy about it because now my Amazon thinks I love my hero academia and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so now my Amazon keeps trying to get me to buy my Hero Academia. Stuff, so, so know. not only not only are you getting Miritama on your Twitter feed, but now now, now, now Amazon's like this bitch loves Bookalaka. <laughs> no, but um, so I the manga part arrived first, and then Tamaki was actually running late. I'm like, oh shit! Like, is he gonna arrive at the time? Sounds, I get sounds like Tamaki. Day? Yeah, he was running late. He was supposed to. He was. I think he was supposed to be like shifted than twenty four hours. He was within forty eight. So he was running late, and I'm getting ready to leave. And there's this knock at the door, and I look, and there's like an Amazon guy like right across my threshold. And I look down, and just in his plastic is Tamaki face up on my doormat that says the village witch lives here. <laughs> like like someone dropped him off, like fucking Hansel and Gretel. Like someone dropped off this baby in a basket on my doorstep. I love that he didn't even come in a box. It was just he wasn't in a plastic. box. It was, it was like the, the fucking the label on it. Yeah, just and not even a label. Just in his fucking like someone stole him from Hot Topic and put <laughs> him on my doorstep. And I look at the Amazon guy and he's like, "Don't worry, the little man arrives safely." And it's like, <laughs> I think Tamaki disagrees with that. He's as you can see, he's very upset. He's, he's very traumatized. He's still <laughs> suffering. And then he had to be stuffed in a box and shipped for, you know. Days across the days. Uh, but that's enough uh, preamble and lubing up. Let's mm -hmm. talk about fanfic. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Let's, also, let's get this out of the way. We clearly love talking about writing. Oh, yeah. I really love it so much. Super confident in talking about my writing skills and the work that I do <sighs> as a writer. Let's go over a definition first, because I feel like this is necessary. We need to have mm. the building blocks in place so we can build our house. You can't just build a house out of, you know, hopes, dreams, thoughts, and prayers. You got to have Unless you're actually, you know, unless you're, you know, in, you're in the practical fanfic world. I didn't know what a trope was for the longest time. I didn't even know the word. And I, I don't know if that is a foreigner thing. Or it, might just a I'm foreigner thing. Uh, it might be a foreigner thing. But to be blunt, a trope is a word or expression used in a figurative sense, a figurative speech, or a common or overused theme or device. You as listener reader probably know what a trope is before you knew how to define it as a trope. You can mm -hmm. see it in everything. Do you remember during the 2000s, the 2010s, where every superhero movie ended with a blue sky beam? No, because I haven't watched a lot of superhero movies. Listeners at home do. Um, <laughs> every superhero movie for like the 2010s, for whatever reason, had like a blue sky beam. That's a trope. You know, racial coding in mystical creatures is a trope that you can blame Tolkien for. Tolkien is the reason we have fantasy racism. Uh, all of these things that we, you know, the MacGuffin, which I've discussed in other in earlier episodes, is a trope. All these things are tropes. You probably know what a trope is before you knew what the word is. Hmm. And when we say that we're dissecting fanfic tropes, it's the things that have been seemingly carried through generations that have either changed or remained the same while writing fanfic. And I think it's important to 
key off on immediately is that trope from a media critic term is neutral. Mm-hmm. It's not negative. It's not positive. It's overused. And if it's overused, it's typically overused for a reason because it's easy. Easy does not mean bad. Look at me. Easy does not mean bad. <laughs> That was good. You have to give me credit. Okay. Okay. Sure. Thank you. Uh, It's low hanging fruit. That doesn't necessarily Mm. make it evil. Uh, One of the things that I hate about like lazy armchair media criticism is that if a work has a lot of tropes, they'll try to make it sound like it's the super unoriginal and bad writing. It's not. Everything has genre tropes. Every genre has tropes. Tropes have tropes. It's not negative, but it sometimes can feel really, really stale if you go through all of those pieces in a very linear fashion. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we all have tropes that we like versus tropes we dislike. And if you keep yeah. running into a trope that you don't like, you're going to have negative feelings about it. That doesn't mean that tropes are a bad thing. It just means right. that that particular trope is not your cup of tea right exactly um and i want to preface this not where the outline starts but with a little bit of history from the two of us that i think better elucidates this point i started writing fan fiction when i was like 12 Mm, same uh it was all handwritten back then we didn't really have word processors uh (laughs) I was writing on an old Windows 95 computer and then printing. I did eventually upgrade to a, a word processor, but it took me some time. I still have a lot of my old fix on paper. But I think one thing that's very, very important to mention is that many of us started very young. Mm. Many of us already were writers. So, like, I was in this dumb, like, poetry collective thing where I got one poem published in like an anthology when I was in ten- when I was um in fifth grade. So like many of us already were writers or what you consider yourself to be a writer at fucking 12. You know, you wrote angsty lyrics in your trapper keeper, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever we did to consider ourselves writers at 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. But it was something that we already had a predisposition for, a liking for. But many of us started young. Hmm. And there's something very, very important in that. If you look at nature, young creatures learn by imitating their elders. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. We learned by copying our fandom elders they were the ones that were producing culture it wasn't us kids so like when you hear curl and i talk about like pro ship anti-ship and like minors in adult spaces it's one of the reasons why it's so hard for us to like wrap our heads around is because it's so radically different than what we grew up yeah because we so, were the minors we the were the minors in adult spaces and like we weren't out there announcing ourselves we weren't like i'm a child in your space <laughs> We sat there on the periphery like fucking rats. Yeah. And if you left a comment, you were so Mm -hmm. afraid that they were going to think that you were young and stupid and not articulate enough or whatever. Because you admired these people so much. Right. These people were agents of culture. Mm. They were the gods of this religion. Because you were stupid. You couldn't write fanfic. I mean... (laughs) 
that didn't stop you from trying and publishing no, it, it on the internet. No, but you were not in that. the you were not the top tier list in yeah. your fandom of choice. You were yes. somewhere in the ditches. Yeah. You know, you're you're passing handwritten pieces of paper to your friends in between periods of school. <laughs> yeah. But like we you can tell that we were definitely too young to be in this space. You can tell that many of us were um inexperienced. You think? Well, yeah, we were 12. <laughs> I don't we know 12. about you. When I was 12, no. <laughs> I was actually quite innocent at 12. Yeah. Yeah, I was a I was an awful little potato at 12. <laughs> just a just a miserable little potato at 12 years old. But like you could see that we were all writing from the same like ledger. Because now you can see that vestigial growth everywhere. So with that in mind, that many of us started writing fan fiction when we were, when we were young, many of us before we hit puberty, many of us writing for genders that we are not ascribed to at birth. That's going to become important later in the episode. <laughs> That's important in every episode. It, it, it is but it is in those roots that you see where we are now where i've been writing fan fiction for 20 years and while i can say that my work is better it has not really deviated <laughs> from a formula i set up when i was 16 years old mm-hmm it still follows the exact same linear progression of initial contact, foreplay, desperate search for lubricant, <laughs> fucking to completion, and then done. That is a timeline that I carved in my memory when I was 17 years old, 16 more like it. And that has not changed. Yeah. And I mean, I still do the same. Like, I may not write fanfic, mm -hmm. but I'm still a writer. And mm -hmm. I still hone and, you know, constantly polish the skills that I learned through fanfic writing. But when I write mm -hmm. smut scenes, mm -hmm. those were, those in particular were shaped yeah. by what I consumed and what I looked up to as a young mm -hmm. teen. Like, clearly writing it a lot better now and trying to at least try to um, change it up a bit so it's not all right. like the same scene with different characters but like I have like the one thing is that the pattern you know like you said like mm -hmm. it's carved out like there's this there's a linear progression there mm -hmm. that I follow but also because I have preferences yes. and I tend to stick to those preferences and not be particularly yes. adventurous although now I'm expanding but but that came from from somewhere and it came from fan fiction. Right. And it's so funny because, like, you know, the term, like, multi-shipper, like, someone who does, like, a bunch of different ships. So, like, the idea that you ever just did, like, one ship, like, that's, like, your whole thing. Like, <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, there's artists that I would follow on my smut Twitter who's, like, I only do Bakugo and Deku for some reason. And it's, like, first of all, that's a bad choice. Second of all. Amanda, be kind. No. <laughs> we don't. What we was don't that? What we was that intriguing? 
Like you genuinely <laughs> trying to get emotion out of me, the wicked witch of the Southwest. Because we do not shame people's shit yes, on do. this channel. <laughs> no, we don't. Get <laughs> get your ass off the SS gaslight right now. No, Stop this it. is my home. I will I'm getting the squirt bottle. I live here. I live on the SS Gaslight. This is my house. <laughs> no, I didn't realize it was a houseboat. It is. It's a houseboat. <laughs> so I live in but, the lower decks. But like yeah, an no. American tale. <laughs> oh my god. Don't bring that up. It makes me sad. I am I sad. It. What the fuck done, Bluth? Like, just what? What was that dude's problem? Why did so, everything have to be so fucking okay. sad? So I love Don Bluth. Here's the thing about Don Bluth. Don Bluth never wanted to be Walt Disney. He wanted to be Ralph Bakshi. But everyone kept trying to make Don Bluth Walt Disney. And you can tell that because all of his movies are so Disney until the very end where it's a terrifying nightmare sequence. <laughs> Unless the terrifying nightmare sequence is at the beginning. Uh, yes. Uh, what What is the name? The lad. No. Oh my god, Rockadoodle. I love Rockadoodle so much. Please, you don't understand. The Norwegian dub is the funny. Like, it's like my favorite dub on the planet. It is so funny. I Girl, love that we dub. find something else that we can bond over? I love Rockadoodle. <laughs> oh my god. It, listen, oh. Hunch is my favorite. <laughs> that horrible little vulture. We're not talking about no, but I was just gonna say that the land before time, the friggin' the friggin' chase scene with the T-Rex in the in the thorns in in like the the bushes, fucking terrifying. I saw that in the cinema when I was like five years old. Traumatized me for life. (laughs) That was so scary. It was terrifying. Voice actress for Ducky was horribly father. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was actually I was listening to a. Uh, a podcast I've mentioned that the other day even though you know I've obviously knew this already but it was just suddenly there yeah, she, was, she was murdered yeah. horribly by her dad Power but you know and so that's something I also love to pick up on is you can tell where our roots are mm. based on what we write so I was getting somewhere like the whole like being a multi-shipper thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah right like, I just released I, I just release fix based on what I want to write. Like I don't have like a theme. I don't have like an oeuvre. Like I just like I want to see these characters fuck and I do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm go realizing increasingly. So like I know I have a type. I'm not delusional. I have written the same pairing three or four different times with different characters. Like I am so stuck in this one niche type of pairing. Which is usually black cat boyfriend and golden retriever boyfriend. <laughs> yes. I just realized I've been doing that forever. Yeah. And you know where that comes from? Sasunaru. Yes. I mean, but they are the ultimate example of that pair. Like they are. But then they fit. But there was a whole thing. Like there was a huge flow chart of this on my Twitter feed like months ago. Like th- because they fit so many of the tropes, and I love Everything. them. And we are not going to talk about Sasunaru, but you know how we're I not. Do. We're not. But it's like it's so amazing because like I just did one. It was um, Jason Todd and Dick Grayson. Somehow that's Golden Retriever Black Cat. 
Matt and Mello is Golden Retriever Black Cat. Yeah. Every pairing I end up writing is some form of Golden Retriever <laughs> Black Cat. Except for the plant cest fic that I wrote. Because it's all just black cats. <laughs> yes. It's just black cats on black cats. And a wolf with a can't make Vash come. <laughs> Intriguing. Yeah, I, I, I plant cested. It was fun. I know. It was really, really fun. I mean, I know you did. I haven't read it yet because, you know, I'm but still it's plowing. So funny, I'm still like, I'm plowing through it. Because, like, I look at everything that I wrote and it's like, it's the same thing, but with different characters. Yeah. I'm in my 30s. What the fuck? <laughs> but you have a type or like you have. I have a type. I aggressively have a type. And it's so weird to think about where those roots are. And it's Sasunaru. Because that was one of the first pairings that I found that I really, really like. You, you're a little gremlin. <laughs> How dare you? Listen, but you know how I feel. I saw, I literally started crying the other day because it was, I mean, not that I don't cry about Sasunaru on a regular basis, but I, I was scrolling through, I think it was like Ani chart and like looking at upcoming series. And then I was mm -hmm. on the site where they have all the shows that have been announced, but they don't have a date yet. And there's mm -hmm. this new, like, Shin Saku Naruto thing coming out. It's like four episodes, but there's like a new like Naruto thing coming out because of the anniversary, and I just started crying. So that's where but we're at. <laughs> but it's so crazy when I think about it that it's like, wow, I just cookie cutter my way into the exact same pairing type, and I've been doing this for over a decade. Mm. That's insane. And you can definitely tell the roots of a writer based on what they do. Like, you can tell my roots are in Shonen series. You can tell my roots are in that I was a Don Bluth kid, not a Disney kid. Because <laughs> everything's fucked up and horrible. Oh, my God. I guess that settles the debate on my part. I guess I was also a Don Bluth kid. Although I've never seen, I've never seen All Dogs Go to Heaven. And I don't plan on it because I don't think I could handle it. No, no I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm sorry. You really don't have a choice. No. I don't make the rules here. Well, you it's, want me to suffer. It's Burt fucking Reynolds. It's Burt Reynolds? Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. It's Gary Oldman, Burt Reynolds. Actually, you know, maybe I saw it when I was like really little, but I can't remember it. And it was probably dubbed. But yeah, no, no, but no, I don't, no, no. I can't remember it at all. No, but... no, 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 no. You need to see. Okay. Oh, but God. yeah, like in hindsight, I wasn't a Disney kid. I was a Don Bluth kid, which is weird because I always thought that I was a Disney kid. That's not true. I was not a Disney kid. I was. American Tale, Secrets of Nim, Land Before Time, Anastasia, Thumbelina, Rockadoodle. Oh, Rockadoodle. It's a masterpiece. It's so good. Uh, the Pebble and the Penguin. Like, I was definitely a Don Bluth kid. And you can tell that in my writing. That I clearly wasn't loved as a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
I was loved as a child, and, and I'm still writing these horrible, heart-wrenching, painful, awful, angsty things, so I don't know. Right, it's but it's Maybe hilarious. that's Don Bluth, apparently. He's still alive. Can I, can I, can I, like, ask him to pay for my therapy or something? Is, is that too late yes. now? Yes. I think he needs to take some responsibility. Don Bluth, this is all your fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my God. Fun fact, to this day, uh, if I'm in a situation that I don't like, I will reference that Thumbelina movie where Carol Channing gaslights Thumbelina into marrying for money, where it's sometimes you just have to marry the mole. I will say that regularly. I have no... I must have seen that. You've seen Thumbelina? I don't know. So Carol Channing plays this... I think she's a frog who gaslights Thumbelina into marrying this rich old mole. Because I know the story, because I had it in like a storybook, yeah. and now I can't remember yeah. if I've only read it or if I actually watched that film as a Okay, kid. so the, the Dawn Bluth animated Thumbelina, yeah, Carol Channing gaslights Thumbelina into marrying a mole, and she basically says it like, yeah, love is great and all, but you gotta live. So she's like, sometimes you have to marry the mole. Like, you just... <laughs> Like, it sucks, but, like, he's rich. Like, just fucking marry the mole. Like, deal well, with it. I see where your, um, where your roots are, you know, gaslighting from the tender age of, like, five or something. And, like, yeah, sometimes you just gotta marry the mole. Like, it, it sucks, but, like, you just gotta do it sometimes. Poor Thumbelina. I mean, uh, I understand she, the sentiment. I do. I do I, too. Like Carol Channing <laughs> makes some great points about gaslighting. <laughs> and this, uh, dear listeners, is why we can't be monetized, among other things. <laughs> this is literally why. This is literally why. Oh, God. Um, also, Chato's in that movie for some reason. When was this? Was it in the nineties, eighties? Thumbelina was nineteen ninety four. Okay. Yeah, yeah Chato was in that movie for some reason. Uh, Wait, and then, yeah. who, made, who made Fern Gully? That was also Don Bluth. Yeah, of course it was. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you also have the Tim Curry sexual awakening? No, we've talked about this. I did not. <laughs> I, I know oh, you did. We it had... was not Don Bluth. Was it? It was Bill Croyer. Oh. There's very strong Don Bluth vibes in my head. Yeah, oozy sexual Tim Curry. We're not talking about fanfic. I mean, by extension, there's fanfic out there for all of these, probably. There, rule 34. I love that the internet is just now discovering what Rule 34 is, like we had forgotten. <laughs> I never forgot. I the never things, forgot. The things I've seen... The things we have seen. But to bring Against it back to our wills. But to bring it back, you can yeah. see where our roots are. You can see in what we're watching. You can see, you know, it's it's amazing to you when I go back and I read my old fic because it's like such a weird little time caps. Like you can tell exactly what I was listening to. Mm. You can tell exactly what I was watching. You can tell exactly what I was reading. You can tell exactly how I was feeling. It was this weird little time capsule. And you can do that now. Where it's like, oh, all these things that I used to love already are still here. They're still solidified in these little moments where my writing is remarkably, you know, the same. So 
I'm in love with this as a topic because I think it's important to mention that fan works on a monolith mm. and they all started somewhere. And I think it's so easy now because I know I look at like some of the kids and what they're doing and it's like, oh, God damn, I could never be that good. But like we all started somewhere, right? Yeah. And like none of us were great. I, I I would argue to say most of us still aren't great at it, but you know, it's it's I mean, doing there, what there are some people out there who are like you're just people. like stuff and you're just like this person is a genius, mm-hmm. but most of us are not at that level. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you just sort of like accept it. And it's like, wow, this person is really, really, really talented. Mm-hmm. I will never get there, but I can appreciate that they're there. So here's the thing about writing tropes and writing conventions. A lot of it is down to genre. So genres in and of themselves will have a lot of tropes and conventions. And when I say that, like there is an expected way for things to go in a superhero movie or in a comic book, you expect good to triumph over evil. You expect for there to be a maintenance of the status quo. You expect for there to be good, fair representation of certain characters while other characters are bad and evil. Yes. Which is why sometimes when series subvert those expectations, they can be so radical and interesting. So series that did that for the superhero genre include like Invincible or The Boys shows that white men watch to feel important. Yeah. Sansa's having an asthma attack. I'm just like... (laughs) If you can hear him coughing, he's he's fine, but he's... Same Same Sansa. I also have asthma attacks. But you can tell that why these series are popular is because they did something unexpected. They did something different. Um... Invincible is radically different than most of the animated superhero stuff that you would see. The Boys is radically different than most superhero stuff that you would see. Unless you're like me where you've been mainlining Frank Miller since you were, you know, 12 years old. Just healthy. Yeah, just snorting Frank Miller. Um, (laughs) But falling into genre tropes and genre conventions isn't inherently negative. It's not. It's neutral. The problem, quote unquote, problem is, is when you consume a lot of it together, it all does run the same. It does. And I've had that where like I've read like multiple fix in a night and it's like, wow, we all really did learn to write from the same place. Yeah. And, you know, and I also think that now that I'm back into it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's confusing a lot of the time because because everyone follows, and especially if you're like reading in the same fandom, yes. where like obviously people are going to be adhering to the same tropes or conventions, or like yes. this, you know a certain thing is popular. And if you're reading several ongoing fics at the same time, I often mm-hmm. find that I, I get them confused because they're so similar, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because clearly. I am looking up these for a, for a specific reason because they are right. writing something I want to read. But then right. I get my wires crossed because I'm like, wait, didn't that happen? No, that was in that thing I was reading last week that isn't finished. And it's all very... Yeah, there's, there's this really, really interesting homogeneity that happens in fan spaces where yeah. certain head cannons just get adopted. Oh, yeah. And it's just canon and everyone runs with it. So like to bring it back down to like the BL Yaoi space, 
we talked about this extensively with Matt and Mello, where we've given Matt a whole different hair color than what he has in canon. Yeah, to the point where it's accepted as canonical. Because even though we're wrong, like the fans aren't correct here. uh, Hitalia is full of that. Hitalia fandom is so full of rationalizing dumb things that Hitakaz made because Hitalia took their stuff way too seriously. (laughs) We did. We did. We did. We did. And that homogeneity is great because it's something that we can all agree on. It gets a little bit stymied, though, when you are reading fic and everything sounds very, very similar. Mm. It's also one of the reasons why it's so hard to have things like the Omegaverse lawsuit. Because how do you copyright genre fiction? How do you copyright what is a trope? You can't copyright knots and ruts and heats and slick. You can't copyright that. No, I think... The only thing I've heard about that, that, you know, Hanahaki disease? I do know Hanahaki. Yeah, because Hanahaki, I learned a couple of years ago that that is actually, if not copyrighted, um, the author of that one manga, which I cannot for the life of me remember the name of, uh, has actually been out there to say that, you know, don't use this. Like, you can use it for fanfic, just, you know, and, and like Dojin, but people aren't allowed to like use it in original works because it did come from that one mangaka apparently. And it seems like everyone just accepted that. Right. Absolutely. And it's so interesting because yeah, everyone uses Hanahaki, but yeah, like it does belong to like that one particular thing. And, Mm. but it's, it's at this stage, it feels like it's just embedded that you're gonna have a Hanahaki something. Yeah, and, and because it's so prevalent in, say, fanfic or doujin, right. a lot of people, me included, up until a couple of years ago, didn't mm-hmm. know that this wasn't like a... that that this, you know, belonged to someone. It, I mean, obviously, everything comes from somewhere, but this was an original concept that belonged to an original author, apparently. Mm-hmm. But then you just keep seeing it recycled in the fanfiction space, and right. you just accept that oh that's a thing and you copy it and you don't know the roots of it right and i think it's so interesting now especially because we talked about representation last episode and i noticed that with a lot of like trans head canons but like there are characters now that like i have not seen them drawn as like cis men Mm. like i have never seen fan art of them being drawn as cis men like all of them are like every art that i see of them are they're trans men and like that's great but that's a head canon that is Mm. not canon and i'm not here to diminish that for anyone but like that's weird and like just like on a narrative level (laughs) but like okay like we have we have divorced from canon so far that no one thinks that this character is cisgender and that's really really curious but also kind of scary to me because it is very homogenous it is very you know like one person has the idea and everyone just runs with it Mm. and then you know and again like you're saying it's not not to diminish it not that it's necessarily Mm -hmm. a bad thing Mm -hmm. but of course 
especially with the fandom climates being what they are today, mm -hmm. that can lead to a lot of situations when people aren't able to separate the fanons and the head cannons mm -hmm. from canon and then start attacking each other over the interpretation or portrayal of a specific character, like mm -hmm. the one that you're talking about, for instance. Right. And like you can see that a lot with like plant sass right now with um knives and Vash. We're like, yeah, I wrote Vash as trans because everyone's writing Vash as trans. It isn't necessarily that I have strong headcanons about Vash being trans. It's because I have not seen Vash with a dick since Stampede came out. <laughs> And while I can understand why some people would believe that, you know, you can draw trans headcanons about him. That's just something that, like, I'm I'm admitting. I borrowed that. I saw that. I did what writers do where I was, you know, we're all like crabs. We're just yeah. what we know. And all I saw was Vash pussy. So it's like, okay, cool. We're going to. We're going to Vash pussy it up. Pew, 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 pew. Because that's what everyone else is doing. And that was really fun. <laughs> and then so, you want to do it too. And I want to do it too. <laughs> but that's not something that I strongly believe in or care about. If someone were to come at me and say, well, I can't believe your own name is trans. You're not trans. Blah, 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 and like be actually angry with me. Like, yeah, I'd fold. You're 100% right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, you're correct. I don't know why I did this. I did this because everyone else was doing it. And that's where this is so interesting, is that those roots go back very, very, very far. I would love to find the original Sin, like, fanfic. <laughs> like, that's, like, my, like, research project if I ever, like, stop working and just, like, dedicate myself to be, like, a fandom scholar. Oh, my God. Is where is that original Sin fanfic that just put all of these things to text and we've just been copying it for 30 years. It would be like, let me know if you find it. I'd, yeah. <laughs> I just imagine you with like a little lantern, like a little tonberry in some dusty yeah. ass library somewhere, yeah. like looking yeah, for it. Yeah, like an avatar original. There's a giant owl, and I'm just <laughs> in this like desert tower trying to find the original Homestuck fic that oh my God. codified kisses angry full of teeth. Yes. That's from Homestuck? No. Okay. But it would be. I'm just checking because it is not from Homestuck that I know of. But that's fascinating to me that mm. we started all the way back and we've just been pushing this ball for decades now. <laughs> it's our Sisyphus project. It really is. It really is. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we have seen over the years that drive us insane. And as we do that, we'll, you know, absolutely, of course, have more uh, tangible, concrete examples of that. But um, let's talk about some of the tropes that drive us absolutely <laughs> crazy. You know, these are ones. Yes. I actually I had to do some Google foo for this because yes. <laughs> I mean clearly I lose I, all my bearings when we have to do something like this I can't remember a thing I've ever read um, but I've been so far removed from fic for so long mm -hmm. and now that I only read mostly in one fandom I had to be reminded of what what's out there you know what like what tropes mm -hmm. exist and I had to like Google 
<laughs> to kind of find things to fill this list with. Colonel, I will not accept that you think weeping cock is a good thing. Listen, I have, I have fond memories. And I don't, by far, don't think it's the worst one. I've seen worse. Yeah. Can't remember any. But yeah. I personally, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's a little <laughs> hot. You're the one who have it. <laughs> You're the one who have it on your on your so cringe. Like... They're amazing card. So here are some tropes that and writing conventions that drive me absolutely insane. Number one is always going to be bad anatomy. And no one knew you were going to say that. Shut your poor <laughs> mouth. <laughs> my whore mouth that according to fanfic is not a place where it should be and <laughs> nothing makes sense listen it drives me up the wall it drives me up the goddamn I've wall noticed. and there is nothing that can take me out of a fic faster than like just bad anatomy and I'll broaden that a little bit to like just bad medicine in general because I watch a lot of medical dramas. I know too much about medicine and the human body. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but when things are wrong, like, obviously, it completely takes me out of a fic. Like, I don't know how people have decided that they're going to describe how organs work, where they are, what injuries are supposed to be like, um envisioning organs where there's no organs <laughs> like the magical trans prostate will always come to mind oh uh, there it is uh, the he, he, it was, he was gone for a while but he came back the magical trans <laughs> prostate will always be in the back of my mind of like did you just give a trans man a prostate I think you know I'm a lot more lenient with this than you are. I, I don't know. I think that I'm somehow able to disconnect my brain for some of it. However, there is this one thing. And I think, I don't think it's so prevalent in fic, at least not fics I've read. But in doujin and Murakami Maki, I love you and I love your doujins. But the whole, my organs are changing places to accommodate his dick. No. Listen, yeah, I, the yeah. body does not do that. The body does not do that. that is not yeah, a body. Thing. That's not how that works. Your it, insides it rearranging themselves is not positive. No, uh, if that's happening, go to the hospital like immediately. Right, and there's just oh man, there's so many just like weird anatomical choices that people will make, and it's like that's not how bodies work. <laughs> <laughs> that's which, which yes. you know is why I, I enjoy that newly found tag that I found so much the extreme medical hand waving <laughs> I'm like well yes. at least you're aware of it like <laughs> yes exactly where it's like we're just not going to question what's going on but bad anatomy gets me every single time yeah it's I just get like, that though because it's just it's just enough to take you out of it. It's just enough to make you, like, think about Because, like, again, so if, if you guys are new to this, which it always blows me away that this is someone's first episode. Dear God. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't think there's a single episode that's good to come into it on this show as there's your no. first episode. But some are worse than others. 
Um, but this was a fic that I read a while ago that was, of course, Dobby and Overhaul. Uh, shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> and like, it is implied that Overhaul is trans, which again, I don't know why everything I read is trans headcanon stuff. I don't firmly believe in that shit. Every guy has a pussy. Sure. Knock yourselves out. Uh, I've noticed that that is, a, that is a big thing recently, though. I will say nothing else about that topic because I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> uh, but I think that the author's intentionality was for it to be fingering overhauls pussy rather than his ass but it's written as if he came from his ass and they mention a sweet spot but if you're a trans man you do not have a sweet spot in your ass that's your g-spot which is towards the front which you can really only reach via the vagina so unless we're using quirk magic to finger through the rectum that does not sound safe or healthy but it sounds like something overhaul would do. Okay, fair. I have heard though that you can have a G-spot orgasm through anal sex. I think you can. But do I think that writer was smart enough to make that inference? <laughs> no. I'm not gonna comment on that because I don't I know will. this person. I don't know. I will, I will. This person hundred percent wants you to infer that there is now this magical floating prostate inside this trans man. I mean, I'm not gonna argue with you on this. I wish you would. Quite quite frankly, you you get a little scary when you talk about this. <laughs> out of it completely but bad anatomy kills every single time i mean fair though what do you hate about tense changes we're gonna find about this one because i change tense constantly no i just it speaking of you know things that take you out of it like i've noticed also i have to mention this briefly before i get into it because when you said things that completely take you out of it here's one that i just immediately thought of and I realize typos happen, and I know that a lot of people use voice to text. Mm -hmm. And but when you don't proofread, you don't notice things. And mm -hmm. when the wrong name suddenly appears in a sex scene, and it mm -hmm. suddenly writes this. Okay, this is going to be a Kin Porsche thing because that is all I read. But I can imagine that if you're doing the whole voice to text and you're talking about Kin but your phone corrects it to Ken, who is a completely different character in the series, and I don't want Porsche anywhere near him, and it really does take me out of it. No, thank you. Uh, I just remember a traumatic moment I had recently. No, uh, the, the tense changes. I don't know. I've learned that you stick to a tense, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you write, you write, like, you either write, I prefer to write, um... Oh my god, I immediately forget what everything is called. I write in third person always mm -hmm. and in like the past ten tense. So like he had, he watched, he's, you know, mm -hmm. always. I know that a lot of people prefer first person and present. I don't I don't prefer writing like that. But 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 I stick to the same tense the whole time unless I'm like, you know, like you're flashing back or you have like mm -hmm. you 
there's a reason for you to change it. But in so many fics that I am reading recently, people are constantly changing the tenses. So they'll be like writing in past tense and then suddenly it's in present tense and then they're in the same scene and they're constantly switching between them. And I just, I, I, I can't, like I'm still reading it yeah. and the writing can still, like the, the fic can still be good, but I just don't understand why so many people are switching tenses in the same scenes constantly. I, I don't have an answer for that because I'm a shitty writer. Oh. No, you're not. You are not. You're not. I try so hard. But yeah, like actually that leads really neatly into mine is just like, yeah, like grammar sometimes. And I'm mm. I'm a lot less of a strict grammar judge because here's one of my favorite things that existing on the internet is a bunch of non-English speakers that will be like, oh my God, like English isn't my first language. I'm sorry if this fic is rough. And it's written like a Shakespearean sonnet. Like yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, nat then you'll have like native English speakers. <laughs> Whose tits are these? And the friggin' and the friggin' oh my god, what was that one thing? I remember so vividly being, you know, a foreign teenager on the mm -hmm. internet, trying my hardest, even though like English is more like my native language. But mm -hmm. I just so many native English speaker speakers who didn't know how to spell definitely. Do you remember that? Like everyone was writing I like Definitely. defiantly or definitely, like with the A. I was like, that's not how you spell that word. But I know I mean, exactly I, what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm I'm bad at that shit. But like, I think I think that a lot of us speaking as a foreigner, as a person who strictly speaking do not have English as my as my native language, that mm -hmm. we are so afraid of being judged and like and like being perceived as you know bad at writing that we get mm -hmm. we, we get really really caught up in trying to write as perfectly as possible but then if you've ever seen a Norwegian try to write in Norwegian I cry every day when I read the newspaper because the journalists don't know what they're doing anymore like grammar is dead in this country I yeah, am like sad <laughs> I, I tend not to be a super strict grammar judge because like I write a lot like in passive te I write a lot of passive voice mm. I will change sentences but like also that's usually because I'm writing from either like first limited I'm usually writing either first limited or third limited mm. I like limited POV I don't like omniscient omniscient feels a little bit too uh, top-down voyeuristic and I like giving mm -hmm. my readers at least someone they can slot into. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll do it if there's like a, like, if there is like a narrator. Like, my first novel mm -hmm. is written uh, retrospectively and it's like a character who's essentially telling the story and there's no way he knows all of this but he's like mm -hmm. the medium so, he, so like, the, the narration is sort of omniscient but normally mm -hmm. I also keep it in third-person limited. Listen to us having actual writer talk for five minutes. Yeah, like, oh um, my god, what is this? Where was this during the actual writer episode? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I mean, sometimes bad grammar just takes me completely out. Yeah, I mean, it's and like, it's, I mean, none of us are going to be like rage clicking out of a no. out of a pick because someone made a mistake or like, and I am willing to, I am someone who's really like, I care about grammar, okay? clearly mm -hmm. i ever since i was a kid i write text messages with perfect grammar and punctuation because that is who i am as a person mm 
But I'm not going to judge people, you know, because everyone starts somewhere and everyone is, you know, we're learning as we go and we're improving as we go. So, but if it's really like, if there are a lot of grammatical errors and it's hard to follow, then absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, that really does take you out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because, again, you can also see some of the roots of that being that many of us learned thick from non-native English speakers, that a lot of those fandom elders were non-native speakers, which is, I remember seeing that really, really early on and like not always understanding why it was listed, but like, you know, English isn't my first language, you know, please be gentle or like, you know, please be kind. Mm. Because I, I... When we were younger, I don't think we understood what global meant when it meant to the internet. No. Like, I think that even though, like, we have, even though it said, like, oh, this person's from a different country, like, we didn't have the brain to understand what that meant. (laughs) Maybe not. I mean, no, I'm not going to start attacking, but maybe not if you're in the U.S. (laughs) Yeah, as a dumb American, I didn't really, like. Because I was the person. I was the anomaly. But what I do remember, and this is so funny to me now, I remember being like 15 and being so floored by how many Spanish-speaking people there were on the internet who only communicated in Spanish. Yes. and, And there would be like whole comment sections and threads and fix, and I would be like, what the hell is happening? Because Yeah. All of the rest of us had to communicate in English, which is now how I feel like Americans are doing today. Like, why are there other languages, you know? Right, 100%. But I just remember that being very... Yeah. But yeah, like, it's, it's amazing to me to think about that. Um, another big thing that I will say, and this is like genre trope for everything, I cannot stand it when people use flowery language to describe skin tone if you are describing people of color with flowery language please know i hate you personally i think i mean i've heard so many video essays and things about this i absolutely agree with you will you care to elaborate what you mean by that if there are any listeners who don't understand what you mean you have my permission go off (laughs) so This is something that you see when typically, especially white writers are writing people of color. And I say people of color because it really does include everyone in that instance, but it usually refers to those with brown or black skin like mine. And typically what will happen is, you know, when you just, when I describe a white character, I'm usually only using like two different kinds of modifiers for it. So, like, slightly tanned, as in, like, you know, they're out in the sun. Sunburnt, as in, like, you know, they're pale. Or paled, as in they don't go out. So, But I don't use, like, Hello. Corolla. The, the three stages of Corolla. Oh! No, I've never been tanned in my entire life. That's well, never like, happened. I'm never describing their skin as, like, aged parchment. Or cream alabaster (laughs) oh i've used alabaster i will admit that i've used alabaster in porcelain but like it was also in reference to like court makeup yeah no i've used it for characters who i'm pretty sure because you know they were supposed to be japanese uh do not have porcelain skin although sometimes i'll use porcelain because i think when i was younger sorry mm -hmm. we're just no you're good 
hijacking. I think that at least when I was younger, I sometimes would interpret porcelain as meaning like flawless skin, like no, yes. like very, very smooth. Yes. But um, typically you'll see this with a romance series where, you know, you'll have like the one black female character and like, oh, her rich ebony mocha skin. And every time that happens, a little piece of me dies. You know, the word Nubian queen comes to mind. And that to me is like horny white man fetishizing random. Me on every dating app. It's every dating app. It's like, oh, like, you can be. You, you think that's a compliment, don't you? Yeah, it's not. No. Um, <laughs> I did have one guy on a dating app asked for me to be his chocolate goddess, which. No, don't refer. There's a book uh, called The Delectable Negro, and it's about like homoeroticism and like slave bodies. Mm. And that's one of the big reasons why black people are described with food terms is that it's an inherent homoeroticism and eroticism to the dehumanization of black people. So we can only be seen by white masses as beautiful and seductive when compared to something animalistic or food. Mm. It is never our sexuality or our sensuality based on humanity, but in it being something that is something that you can consume or something that you can overpower. Yeah. And that's bad. That's bad. End of sentence. Like, that's not yep. just, like, yep. lazy writing. It's bad. Um, I went to the um, Museum of African American uh, History in Washington, D.C. It was rough. I can imagine. It was really, really rough. And, like, you can see that in every part of society that the dehumanization of people of color and the commodification of people of color comes down to stripping them away of their humanness. So when you as writer go out of your way to describe a black character or a brown character using like flowery language and especially food terms, you are contributing to a form of very, very insidious racism. And it's something that I've only grown less tolerant of the older I get. Yeah. Because when I was a kid, it was annoying. Because at least like when I was younger, it was black writers writing that about black people. So like my aunts would read like Zane novels, and Zane was like the girl who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, but for black women. Ah. So my aunts would read Zane novels, but Zane was written by a black person for black people. So when Zane would say like, "Oh, my my mocha queen, my Nubian goddess," like that was from the perspective of a black person talking about black people Mm. it was still cringe but it was different yeah um but then that really really permeated out and yeah now anytime a a white guy on bumble is like oh my my nubian goddess instant block right or yeah like our favorite that we mentioned where it's like oh you know skin like fresh pressed olive oil green yeah green mean green and it's not even like it's a it's like Shrek green. It's like right, toxic it's, green. Excuse me. Like it's green. It's green. It's green. That's not a good Are color. Like so like I, not not judging any alien fuckers out there, but unless that's what you yeah. mean. Right. And it's just it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary and it's lazy. Because you know, like we wouldn't describe white characters like that. We would like, 
Oh, you know, the skin like whipped meringue. It's weird. We wouldn't do yeah. that. And, character. But I think it's so, I, you know, like obviously it's a very important thing to talk about because as yes. we talked about in the introduction extensively, mm-hmm. we copy what we see. And we I think for a lot of people, they don't necessarily mean any harm. Like I'm not excusing anyone clearly, but I think that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand why this is bad which is why it's so important right. that we have those conversations because there's so much more to it right and you know similarly the description of you know and especially asian women when the word exotic is brought um, up no, no don't don't, don't do it that. don't don't do that and it's it's funny because it feels like a lot of things that started off in group and became out group and as soon as it became out group, it was bad. Mm. So, like, when Zane was doing it in Zane novels, it was cringe back then. But, like, at least that was a brown person talking about brown people. And, like, that kind of black person exists. We usually call them, like, hoteps. Or, like, the ones that are, like, super, super, like, pan-Africanist, even though they've never been to Africa before in their lives. But, like, that's a different kind of guy. Like, at least in group, that's something I can work with. Mm. Out group... If you're a random white man that I've never met and you're trying to ingratiate yourself to me by calling me a mocha queen, unless that's what you're giving me from Starbucks, I'm not interested. Unless you own a chocolate factory. Right. Like that could be your title. If you right. were like a, if you were like the Willy Wonka of the real world or whatever, but yeah. Right. Also, I think the thing that bothers me the most about it is that they're usually incongruent. So, like, they'll list, like, oh, my my mocha, ebony, you know, onyx, you know, queen. Those are three different types of black. Yeah, those and are not the same those, colors. Yeah, my, my, my caramel mocha, you know, burnt sienna. Those are all three different shades. I'm not any of those. Like, no. Just, yeah. I, 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 I would say petition to teach white men color theory, but actually I just want them to shut up and get off the internet. Well, and it's funny because, like, it's in everything. Like, honestly, like, go buy The Delectable Negro. It's a great book. Um, Because it talks about, so, like, one of the places I notice it the most is makeup, mm-hmm. where all of the warm and brown shades are, like, nutmeg and honey and you know oh it's chocolate it's 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 chai tea it's tea tea but all the white shades are like power seduction yeah success personally i also think that uh light shades should not be called power because that's um yeah, the connotation right there. Yeah, there's a connotation it, there, exactly. But like, which is probably the, there for a reason. Let's be honest. Like when I look at like even my makeup, like I think my Clinique makeup is like warmed honey. But like one of my friends' shades is just like fair. So wait, why is mine warmed honey and yours fair? Like. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a problem everywhere. And I don't like it when anyone does it. No. And, you know, I think that some of it, and again, 
still not an excuse because mm -hmm. we live in the di digital age. It's really easy to educate yourself. History yes. is a thing that you can study. I think that in a lot of cases, people are so misguided because like, you know, it's you because words that we think are perceived in a negative way. And then mm -hmm. as people, we are trying to to not say those things. It's like kind of like, you know, if someone says that they're fat and then their friend replies, no, you're not. You're beautiful. They didn't mm -hmm. say they were ugly. That's not necessarily a bad word, but people will use flowery language to avoid using it. And I think that a lot mm -hmm. of white people are afraid of just frankly saying that someone is black because they think right. that that sounds racist. Let me invent this really uh, flowery language that really makes them objectified and commodified and dehumanized because that sounds right. better. No, it doesn't. Right. Right. And it, and it sounds more like a compliment. Um, I was with one of my friends. Her name is Amber. She's African-American as well. And uh, she was wearing this purple top. And this lady, a white lady, is like, oh, purple looks so good on your skin. Why couldn't she just... Like, why can't you just give a normal compliment? Right. Like, and, and just by adding in that last part, you've ruined it. Because you could have said, purple looks great on you. In a sentence, done. Yeah. But like... It looks so good. It was either on your skin or on you people. I don't, it was one oh, version God. that was, I think she wanted to say, I think, I want to say she said on you people, which made it worse. Again, like it's a totally innocent comment, but like you, you know, you killed it. You ruined it. You ruined it right yeah. again. But flowery language when it comes to descriptions of skin, um, I don't like it anywhere. I especially don't like it as, you know, a person that does have some melanin. Um, I'm getting that ick again with the whole, like, everyone's really, really convinced that Nicholas D. Wolfwood is Hispanic. So people are talking about him and his melanin in ways when really he's a white man in the sun. I mean, they are in the desert. Yeah, it's he's not, he's not Hispanic, guys. I'm sorry. Like, I, I get that you guys saw a Catholic and a whore and said Hispanic. He's not. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. But guys, he's he's not. Please, please stop yelling at people over <laughs> over a fictional man. Uh, I'm so glad I'm not that deep in this fandom yet. I, I'm already tired. Now, okay. I want to talk about um about crossovers. What are you skipping? I have one before the crossovers. Do you want? I I saw that. I'm not skipping it, but I okay, want to talk okay. about it. But you yeah. can go over the other one first. Okay. No, it's just because we kind of touched upon it, right? I yes. have it in my notes. This thing is trendy, so I'll apply it to every every fic I write, even when yes. it doesn't fit the characters, because it's what yes. everyone is doing. And yes. again, not necessarily a bad thing, because no. tropes. I mean, we love the one, only one bed trope. We love the, you know, whatever. But sometimes, and again, because I'm in Kid and Porsche hell, this is the only thing I'm reading. I am mm. noticing that there are a lot of like, because, and you know, because Kid and Porsche is a mafia thing. So it obviously is going to mm. have some, some dark, you know, some dark connotations. There are going to be some dark thematics and, you know, um, canon typical violence, etc. There's a, mm. there's a very kinky BDSM couple in, in, you know, but every single couple isn't like that. And again, like you are absolutely welcome to explore characters as you wish and, and mm -hmm. everything. But I've just noticed that, especially in this fandom, like, and, and other things I've read as well, because I feel like it's incredibly trendy right now that everyone has a praise kink. 
Like yes. everyone. I think the authors all have praise kinks because they give it to all the characters. And not only do all like this is just one of the examples that I've noticed, like mm -hmm. the praise kink. And and not only do they all have the praise kink, but all the characters say the exact same lines during sex. And they're all like, you know, oh, you're taking it so good for me. Like, you're such a cock slut. All of those things, you know. And sometimes it works. And then you have pairings where I'm like, not to be a pearl-clutching old woman, but I, I feel like this character would never say that. And, yeah, it's... and it's not, I just think it's so fascinating because everyone's yeah. doing it now. And I'm so in love with, this is a sidebar. This is going to be a long episode. I told you guys to go get a snack. I mean, um, the three intro was 30 minutes. <laughs> I told you guys I'm to get having, a snack. Having a great time. But um, it also being, you can tell that it's usually like regurgitated. Like, it's like a word. It's like, a, it's, a, it's a copy pasta. Yeah. Because it's nothing that anyone finds sexy in real life. Like, not necessarily, no. I'm going to be honest. If I fucked a guy that fucks the way that my characters write, I would leave. <laughs> I would not be satisfied. I would be very unhappy and very uncomfortable. Oh, I mean, same. <laughs> but same. that's all rooted in I started this when I was like 12 before I knew what my sex and sexuality really was. And now I know, hey, I don't like that in real life. Also, it's not real. So don't worry about it. Yeah. But yeah, like throwing in things that, you know, feel appropriate. I guess like a sidebar to that, really, really, really making a character do something just because you feel like it. I love it sometimes, but sometimes, sometimes we go too far, fandom. Sometimes yeah, I mean, I agree. And it's like, again, like I'm not judging anyone and I'm like, not throwing anyone under the bus i just I having recently rediscovered fanfic i think it's so interesting to see mm -hmm. how again everyone is still like copying each other but it's we what are. they're copying that yeah. has changed for me and i think that a lot of the time like i just think I, more than it's not necessarily that it drives me crazy i just think it's incredibly fascinating and like you just keep seeing the same things and sometimes i'm like you I think that especially because for the younger fans I mm -hmm. and the younger writers, I think that they think that this is how you write fanfic, that mm -hmm. this is the convention that you need to follow. So these are the lines and these are the actions and these are the things you need to have in a scene for mm -hmm. it to be sexy. But it doesn't have to be like that. Of course, you can do it, but you don't right. have to. You're allowed to diverge from that and explore the characters Absolutely. in your own way. Absolutely. And... I think that's one of the best things about writing fic still is seeing for as much as changed, how much has stayed the same. We're jumping the gun. Uh, yes. <laughs> listen, I hate it anytime uh, someone is writing a blowjob and it says, um, oh, he fed his dick because I hate that. I hate that so much. Don't. Do not ever. I will walk into your home and slap the shit out of you. If you ever say, fed him his dick inch by inch, I am kicking in your bedroom window. About this back kicking your house down, everyone. I'm, I hate it so much. because. So here's the thing. I have severe ADHD. 
So my brain takes everything at face value. So if you write the sentence, fed him his dick, I am imagining like a Bugs Bunny cartoon with just a dick on a plate and a fork and a knife. I can see how that would be, be distracting. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't know I mean, why we thought that was sexy. It's not my favorite term either, I'll say. I can I can I can allow it. I can tolerate it. No. But no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Uh, it also leads into the bad anatomy part that it's like, mm. oh, like throat bulges and stuff like that. Cool, you've killed your uke. <laughs> yeah, dead. like like sometimes I'm reading a blowjob and I'm like, he's dead. This does not. I mean, I'm sure that the guy receiving it is having, having a great, great time. time. The other guy is like is dead or on the verge of dying. Like this yeah. does not sound healthy, people. Right. And, you know, and sometimes I find myself Googling because apparently, I mean, going back to what I said about mm. everyone doing the same thing, mm. uh, apparently we've collectively as fandom writers now decided that there are certain techniques that you can use to suppress your gag reflex and sometimes yes. i have to go on google and try to see if this is a thing that people have actually researched or it was like one person wrote it because they were just like i'm not gonna deal with this and then yeah. everyone copied it <laughs> and i'm like what is this is this a oh thing? my god do you remember when every fic mentioned flattening your tongue yes <laughs> Yes, and I mean they still do that sometimes. I, yeah, I still. Yeah, it's flatten your tongue and hollow out your cheeks. Fun fact: Do not blow a man like that. End of sentence. I, I point out that my, you know, like by like anatomically speaking, your tongue is already flat. <laughs> I went to a. I went to dim sum with a friend like years ago and there was this like egg souffle custard thing. Was, like, Why are all egg. of your stories centered around dim sum? Because I love dim sum. <laughs> and no, this is crazy actually. So close enough. But um, it's a weird texture thing. My friend didn't like it. Mm. And I was like, yeah, you just like flatten your tongue and just knock it back. And he's like, is that what women have to do? <laughs> the things... The things like, you go through for you now. It's like, <laughs> wow, that's that's what it took. <laughs> Flat your tongue, knock it back, and you just deal with it. But oh, like, you remember we were all writing blowjobs the exact same way, and we'd always focus on like tears falling out of eyes, and like that's a sign of hypoxia. You know, I never want to see the phrase bobbing up and down ever again in my life. Because I remember before, because when I was tentatively beginning, I actually have this in my uh, in my final point. Uh, I'm touching upon that a little bit prematurely. Mm -hmm. But when I first started dipping my toes into writing smut, I was like, I was a little too hesitant to actually be full on gratuitous, explicit the way I am now. So I would like. But there's nothing sexy about literally just writing. And then he took him into his mouth and bobbed his head up and down for a bit. It's like, that's not hot, people. Yeah, it's but, not hot. And like, 15-year-old me didn't think it was hot either. But I wasn't about to write, you know, what the others were writing. Or it didn't take we that didn't long. know how to write sex. And just every, like, third sentence, you would just say that they thrust it in harder and faster. 
Oh, yeah. Do you remember when we didn't have any other way to describe sex outside no. of harder, faster, harder, faster, harder, faster? You know, it's so funny because when I was looking up these tropes, I <laughs> came across this list. And I don't know if this is like an official list of, of ways that things are described. But there was a list. And one of the points on this list was, um, I think it was referred to as like Ikea manual, the Ikea manual or the Ikea sex. And that is because it's like literally... Thing A goes into slot B. Yeah. And that's literally how we would write yeah. something. <laughs> it's amazing because so like it's it's fascinating to me because we can have Curl and I live in different parts of the globe. Yeah. And we Clearly. have experienced the same things. And we've written, like, arguably speaking, we've written the same fic just with different characters. Corolla and I are <laughs> products of this system. <laughs> victims. Like, We're victims. Because it's amazing. Because, like, I can see it in Corolla's work. I can see her roots in, like, Change of Heart. Which arguably does not have any porn in it. Uh, I know. It's a little disappointing, but, you know. That's what the upcoming Patreon is for. If I ever launch it. Help but, me. yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's amazing because it's almost like when you open up a car and you like see all the history, you open up our fic, you can see everything we've learned. Dear God. And it's crazy because for as much as we've talked about improving. We haven't. I mean, yeah, we, we haven't. haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to this video recently because because after I got back into fanfic, I was mm -hmm. and I noticed all of these because clearly I didn't, you know, I mean, my frontal lobe wasn't developed yet. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't think about these things critically. But now, you know, with a whole ass literature study degree almost behind, you know, behind me and mm -hmm. everything, I think about things differently. And I started like looking into like these things that I've noticed now that I got it back into fanfic and I was listening to this video about someone talking about like ways that I can't remember what the video was called if it was like ways that fanfic destroys your writing or ways mm -hmm. that you can tell that an author came from fanfic and mm -hmm. for some of them I felt so personally attacked <laughs> because I'm like because we learn it's like I think I talked about this in an earlier episode it might have been on Patreon but I mentioned how we will leave um we will leave subjects or objects out of the sentence so instead of writing you know the other man or the younger man mm -hmm. we would just write the other or the younger and my editor had to beat that habit out of me and i notice it's so hard now when i read other people's fix because people yes. are still doing it see and i'm the opposite that i got so tired of just people using just pronouns like he him he him yeah Doing like back and forth, especially like in a boys' love scene. Yeah, out of, out of their out of my way to highlight which character is doing what because yeah. I would get so lost in like who is doing what to whom. Absolutely, and which is you know, and I still do that. I because same way, especially when you're writing BL, he him he him, it gets repetitive and tedious and confusing. I will right. specify with you know you know, whatever, you know, but using the hair color, using their age, you know, just to sort of. Right, 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 right. And I think it's so amazing because like, oh my God, there is one instance of this 
that I always think is amazing, and it kind of ties back into like bad anatomy and bad writing, is when you lose track of limbs. Oh my god. Where it's like, oh, you know, like one hand is buried in his hair and the other hand is like doing something else. And it's like, oh, and his spare hand did this. His spare hand. <laughs> no, it's okay. All of my boys, yes, have, they all have four hands. Don't worry. Right, they all have four fucking arms and hands. <laughs> I just like, didn't tell you about it. They right, all everyone, have, there's an extra set that comes out during sex. Right, like Goro. <laughs> like, this is like. It's like, oh, and his his spare hand got busy. Spare hand. <laughs> it's like you know, it's like in in um, Hitchhiker's ah! Guide to the Galaxy with Saphon just has an extra arm that looks like a scarf, and then it turns out it's his third arm. Right. It's that, like, that 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 drives me insane. <laughs> Where it's like, it's like, oh, his his extra limb, extra limb. <laughs> What? But you know, apart from that, what I do want to say, since we touched upon this, that especially when it comes to varying language, like I will take this to my grave. I know that a lot of serious writers, which I should also be apparently, are disagree with me on this. But I think that sometimes fanfic writers do it better because I don't necessarily think that it's bad to to differentiate between the characters in this way mm -hmm. or using other you know ways of saying said like i know that you don't have to you, you know that you shouldn't always exchange said for another term you know like but i also think that it gets very okay but also when it's inauthentic and it's like the character pontificated eat my okay, ass yeah no not like that <laughs> i personally I think we should go back to the gothic novel and and classic literature and just start using he ejaculated a lot more often because that is a way of expressing it that is. you are saying it something is. and I it enjoy is, it. Is. <laughs> um, oh, here's one. Searing hot cum. Yes. That <laughs> Listen. No. That does not sound good. Anytime I hear burning or searing hot, it's body temperature. It's I, actually a little bit cooler than body temperature. I, it's like, if you're burning yourself on your own or your partner's cum, right? That's not a good thing. I like, oh my god, like, like his, oh, like his, his scalding ejaculate, scalding, scalding. Scalding like a tea kettle. What is wrong with this man? Right, that that's a disease. That's a condition. <laughs> he needs to be tested. The Yahweh disease. It starts with the hands, and then the next yeah, thing it starts you with know. the hands, and then your your semen is over a hundred degrees. Oh God! Right, oh like that's God. that's awful, and like it's and it's so funny because it's something that I promise you we picked up somewhere. Molten like, globes or molten globs. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Amanda is having a war flashback. <laughs> Painted his lover white. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. We had some good times in the olden days. They weren't necessarily well written, but you know what? I have a fondness for Painted painting. his lover. Uh painted his face just paint uh paint don't paint. ever 
Ugh. Ugh. What were we doing? <laughs> what were we doing back then? We didn't know. What were we doing? I think, and the thing is, you know, even when we were sexually active, you know, I had a boyfriend. Yes. Even then, you stuck to what you, how you'd learn to write. Like it didn't matter if you knew that physically, that's not what it looked like or right. whatever. You were right. like, no, but this is how we write it. Like, it doesn't matter how much I know about sex now. I still write the exact same way. And then I will vehemently defend myself, screaming at the top of my lungs. It's a fantasy. Right. To educate you. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I do write realistic sex and, you know, I have gotten a lot better. I'm trying not to undermine myself as a writer here. And please buy my books. I'm not a terrible writer, I promise. (laughs) What the fuck was that? I just realized that I was throwing myself. I came back to Corolla in like five minutes and was like, oh no. (laughs) I'm like, wait, what am I doing? I just gave my career immediately. (laughs) Please understand that I need something to fall back on when people find these videos and they realize that I'm also a con organizer and I get canceled. So uh, they can't cancel you. You're too important. Thank you. Uh, but it's amazing that like we picked this stuff up years ago and you can still see the vestiges in our work. Let's run through the last couple that you have listed so we can talk about the tropes that have jumped the shark so far. <laughs> also i agree with you do not put trigger warnings at the end yeah like what is that who who is that for no i'm like because this is a thing i've seen recently and i feel like this is an ao3 thing because of the way that the site is formatted yes because you know in the olden sites the the author's note box was on the top and then you had to put like little Mm -hmm. asterisks and then author's notes at the bottom Mm -hmm. but now i keep seeing people who have like there is a note section at the top of your fic in AO3 where you can mm-hmm. write, you mm-hmm. know, trigger warnings or whatever. And then you're like, trigger warnings at the bottom. I'm like, why are you putting them after the thing has occurred? What's the I, point? So here's something that I learned that I'm really, really bad at. And I've mentioned this before is like tagging my own work. So, like, I just did one that was a Dick Grayson and Jason Todd. And I realized, that like, I definitely did not tag everything that happens in this fic. Because I don't know how to tag it. It just happened. I mean, I mean, that is also uh, a part of our heritage. The whole, I suck at tagging. I don't know how to summary, you know? (laughs) None of us know what we're doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. None of us have a single clue. But... I think it's important, yeah, that, like, now as we do get into this, like, era where tags and tagging is so much more important, that, like, I do try to very, very openly, at least, like, the things that I think are necessary to tag, I try to be very, very upfront mm. with those. Um, my favorite about AO3, though, is by saying, like, the creator has decided not to use any tags, which basically just means, fuck you. <laughs> I don't think I've encountered anything like that yet, but I have encountered the whole uh, the author chose not to use archive tags, but then there's yes. a bunch of tags, so I guess that's... That one. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I and guess then, that uh, means you make your own tags. I've never p- 
published on the site. I've only so it's also dating. mostly. I think it's. I think that's like their button for old people like me, where we're not used to having to think about <laughs> that stuff. Because like having to write the tags for like my Ari Kitazawa fic was weird. Because it's like, oh yeah, this is like dubcon and age gap and problematic and. I was just like, but I just wanted boy slut airy. Yeah, and like back in the and, day, that was just a regular walk no, in the just, park. Like, right, like all we had were dead doves back in the day. No dove ever lived. No. Also, we exterminated the doves back in the day. Yeah. Oof, I say we, as if I wrote anything. I didn't, but I, I, I knew what the term meant. I don't Which, think... Yes. Which, you know, I think actually makes sense considering where I was in the world. Because, you know, we would mm -hmm. get shows later. Yes. So the whole dead dove, the whole... It wasn't... It, we, we hadn't seen it. There we had, there was no grounds for the reference for us. We didn't know Correct. what it was. Um, let's go over some fanfic writing tropes and conventions that are so cringe that they've become amazing again. I don't believe in cringe. I saw that. <laughs> um, also, uh, today in Amanda has severe ADHD. So you know uh, Tony J, the voice actor that did uh, Judge Claude Frollo in The Hunchback in Notre Dame. Yes, but also no. But yes, you know Minister Frollo from Hunchback. In Notre Dame. Yeah, I just didn't know the name of the voice actor. Yeah. Okay, so he is an amazing actor and voice actor who's done a million and five things. I got to his page via Don Bluth research earlier. And I knew that he I knew that he was Shere Khan and the second jungle book. I knew that. And I knew that he was the villain in the Miss Spider Sunny Patch Kids show because he's a he's terrifying. And then it's Minister Frollo and it's the worst. I did not know that he was the narrator on a bunch of different documentaries. And now that I know, it's very weird. <laughs> Judge Frollo uh, narrating. So, like, one of my favorite of documentaries is on here. It's H.H. H. Holmes, America's First Serial Killer. Okay, and he was see, the narrator for that. But I can I can live with that. Like, if he's no, doing... No, it's good. Yeah, like, if he's doing narration for... If Judge Frollo is doing narration for serial killer documentaries, yeah. I can live with that. If it was, like, nature documentaries, that would be weird. Okay, I would actually watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> of course uh, you would. Imagine when they have a little, you know, and then the female mantis <laughs> eats. <laughs> yeah, I would watch the fuck out of that. I would, I would absolutely watch the shit out of that. But um, he also did the voice for, um, there's a History Channel documentary that was Nostradamus 500 years later. Because remember when History Channel didn't do history? <laughs> when History <laughs> Channel just stopped? I didn't even have the History Channel. Yeah, so for those of us in the US, the History Channel is no longer about history. And uh, they have this Nostradamus special, and Tony J is like the voice of Nostradamus. Which, who else do you get to voice Nostradamus? What is happening on the History Channel? Uh, Pawn Stars and Ancient Aliens. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, but let's go over some of the ones that jump the shark that they are so cringe that they're good. And god damn it, if I don't use hair color as a signifier yep i ebony do haired raven haired raven haired red -haired. now the only thing i don't like is when it's like non-natural colors yeah, and that's people weird. will try to describe it so like you'll see that a lot 
The green at. Gr- <laughs> green at makes me want to do crime. Green at. What am I then? How do you describe pinkette? Pink haired. Yeah, like pink haired sounds like a normal in my head, in my fan fiction atrophied brain. Right. That sounds normal. Or like if I was writing, I would like go out of my like hair dyed pink because like that's you know part like it's a statement. Like clearly it's a statement. I don't know what the statement is, but it's a statement. (laughs) (laughs) This hair is a statement. Right. But like greenette. Greenette. Greenette makes me want to die. I'm sure that this has been done with other colors as well, but it's the greenette. That. Greenette is the worst because of a very certain character and it makes me want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> Every time I see it, it makes me want to jump off a fucking bridge. No, don't. Or no one knows what blonde is anymore. That's my favorite. You know, yeah. And I, to this day, I think yes. one of the things I am most confused about in the English language, yes. thanks to fan fiction, is how to spell blonde. Because, oh, with the E or without the E? Because somehow fan fiction taught me that if it was a man, it was without the E. And if it's with, if, it, if it's a woman, it is with the E. But then people started arguing about it and I got confused. And now every time I write a blonde character, I'm terrified. <laughs> I always use with an E. I also use with an E because it looks grammatically Better. correct to me. Yeah. Yeah, oh man, we are we're damaged. Okay, so yeah, apparently blonde with no e is for masculine and Real- with an e is for feminine. Does it, but I don't make the rules, Corolla. I just feel like literally no one follows that and in that case no, no one fan follows fiction it. writers in the early 2000s were better at following that rule than anyone else apparently also while we're here this is how we get into trouble synonyms include fair sandy flaxen straw flaxen? golden and tawny if you refer to a character's hair as flaxen what the fuck is that of flax like flax seeds. Ah. Uh, no. no so it's like, like a My Little Pony OC. What are you talking about? And I can assure you that there is one. If you ever want a trip, Google your first name and Sonic the Hedgehog and someone has made an OC with your name. And it is the funniest, saddest thing you'll ever see. But I can't make any promises that you won't find Sonichu. And unfortunately, if you find Sonichu, then you are no longer getting into heaven. Public service announcement from Amanda. Out of all, out of all the sins I've committed, out of all the years devoted to Shota Cat, I think it's Sonichu that will finally seal me from ever seeing God's love and light. Could be. I hate the internet sometimes. <laughs> um, oh my god. Uh so raven haired, dark haired, you cerulean orbs really? Yeah, no, okay. I haven't I can explain. <laughs> Please. 
I sometimes still, very rarely, but sometimes I still refer to people's eyes as orbs with, you know, whatever color they are because I am damaged by the world I grew up in. But I just realized that I have a particular affinity for the term cerulean orbs because that is Naruto. That Those are Naruto's eyes. Azure. Cerulean. <laughs> turquoise. <laughs> Emerald. Emerald. Mm. I'm actually damaged forever because my first, as we've talked about, because I started my fanfic ventures in rocket ship, in het shipping, mm-hmm. uh, and and I was 11 or 12, and everyone was describing Jesse and James with you know her her sapphire eyes and his emerald eyes and her her earrings were the same color as his eyes and it was this whole poetic thing and ever since that I've been sort of like damaged I think it was very romantic I was 11 leave me alone (laughs) listen okay we have both agreed that weeping cock is like so bad that it's good I yes I will defend that term till the day I die. Whenever someone brings it up and they're like, oh my God, do you remember? I'm like, listen, classic. It's a classic. And I personally, I think it's a little hot because I imagine that, because now, now they're all writing, you know, the bead, you know, like it's beading at the tip. That is just a second coming, pun intended, of weeping cock. It's the same thing. And the visual in my head, it's very satisfying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> Were you just about to say you were gonna kill me? No, I thought I was gonna kill myself. <laughs> I think I justified that pretty well. I think that was a very well structured argument. Uh, also, see leaking as opposed or drooling or dripping. Oh God, the drooling. Drooling. See, so mine was drooling erection. See, unless it, I will accept drooling if you Please. are if you are getting um, your prostate milked because that is what it does. Amanda is about to physically leave this show. <laughs> Do you ever think sometimes that the <laughs> show is on the internet forever? <laughs> I, like, I am saying these things. <laughs> What the fuck? Internet. Think about how this is on the internet forever. I'm so glad no one in my family, at least from the parental grandparent generation, understand English. Even if they find this, they will not understand the jargon of what I'm saying. If any of my younger cousins are listening, I'm sorry. You're on your own. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Uh, Oh my god. Tight ring of muscle. Yeah, that's a that's a that is one. Because we're never using the word sphincter. No, but it that's not exactly you know it's not a very hot word. I don't think tight ring of muscles sounds particularly sexual either, but better than sphincter. But then we. (laughs) (laughs) And then, do you understand? That we are just sitting here completely straight-faced saying these things. Like, this is what I mean when I'm like, 
I am beyond, like, I have ascended. I am at a level. I have no shame. Fun fact, not pictured is my packer that is very, very close off camera. Like my realistic packer. Why don't you just show it off? We're already, we're already. I mean, uh, I can. I do, you don't have to. It's fine. But I needed it for, I needed it for reference. So it was sitting on my laptop for reference. <laughs> so I had to hide it because I had maintenance coming over. And normally it sits on my Yowie shelf. So I had maintenance over and I'm like, I can't just have like an anatomical pierced dick sitting on my bookshelf. <laughs> so I hit it's it. It's art. It's and art. Wherever I hit it, um, something must have happened. And when I went to go check it for like anatomical reasons, I just exclaimed in my apartment, there's glitter on my dick. <laughs> but I cleaned it. Which, uh, which reminds me completely unrelated, but it does remind me of Whatever the hell I was watching, I, d I can't remember what this was anymore, but it was like a film or a show or something. And, mm -hmm. you know, back in the day, glitter used to be made from glass. Yes. And then there was this thing where someone was just like in a bathroom stall screaming because he had glitter under his foreskin. Yes. Yeah, no. But it was, you know, it was glass. I can't remember what if anyone remembers what that was if anyone's seen that please tell me because I can't remember anymore <laughs> Man, there's honestly we could do this all day of just like ones that have like stayed but it's just because see I knew this was gonna happen yes. because I was like I can't remember a damn thing and then we start talking and then they're just it's just flooding you like yes it's there are so many things do you remember when we were younger and no one knew how to write a male orgasm so it always ended up coming off like a stroke <laughs> what you mean with the white like everything yeah, like goes eyes widening out going rigid like it's like that's a seizure yeah but i mean i feel like it's not really get like it's not necessarily gotten that much better because it now hasn't. everyone's still... pupils are so blown out all the time i'm right. concerned i have right. concerned. <laughs> it's it's so funny because like my other favorite thing about fanfic is how many of those of us that were writing ended up being asexual <laughs> and like they're really just mimicking like they're really just like pulling at straws and it's like this seems hot and then sometimes they'll string together too many things and it's just like this is a crime because <laughs> like it, are into that because like at least now like i've i have i've 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 toured around male anatomy enough to like i still don't really write sex very realistically but like i don't tend to marathon the way that i used to or like Oh, they're just like sex after sex after sex because I know what like refractory periods like that are now. I didn't know that when I was like 13. They um, don't exist in some of my writing, I'll tell you that. That's these, fine. But and some of these boys are on drugs. And I <laughs> of course I have recently learned recently uh yes. in, an, in my adult life that while uh sex on ecstasy supposedly feels really good. Uh, mm -hmm. it's really hard to come apparently which is goes against everything we ever wrote if someone was on X. blood vessels yeah it's funny because yeah like it ties all back into like bad medicine bad anatomy like we were told like all these things and it's like 
you can tell when we're fed like misinformation. Yeah, and there no one did any research. Like we yeah. weren't about to like listen, if twelve out of twelve fanfic writers can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right like we're all writing it the same way we can't all be incorrect which is why i want to wrap up because it's been almost two hours yeah 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 on i guess we'll save the rest for like for the thing live we no we're not doing it live this one because of we'll talk you know what we're doing this at citrus con we'll talk about it at citrus con yeah definitely more of this at yeah citrus so con. yeah just know we're wrapping things up because it's been almost two hours there's more in this There's in this outline. So much more in this outline. But the things that stay the same. So I'm still writing fanfic. And it's amazing to me to go back and read through and see how little has changed. I'm still trying to desperately hit beat after beat after beat after beat. And mm -hmm. this is a dance I taught myself when I was 12 years old. Now you can definitely tell the writing is better. I would certainly hope I've improved since I was 12. I, I would say you probably have. Thank you. I but would you can too. see how all of the story beats hit the same residence. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that that's all fueled in what was old fan fiction. So like, Mine tends to be really, really episodic. It tends to be on the somewhat short end. It tends to be very, very much a concentrated scene of a sexual act. All of that are echoes of what I learned years ago. Yeah. We weren't necessarily writing novels full of one work. Some people did, but that definitely wasn't. Uh, unless you count your Matt Mello fic that has been going on for well, and like something like that is relatively recent. I wouldn't, I don't think we really got stuff like that, honestly, until like Super Hulock era, where you started getting like the big overarching, like this has been going on forever. I think <laughs> most writers were pretty episodic. It might all be in the same series, but they were essentially one shots. I, I mean, I mostly dabbled in the Sasunaru, obviously and mm -hmm. and there were like i i have some i they're my friends now this is so weird i'm friends with people that i looked up to so much when we were in that fandom together when i was a kid because they were older than me and now we're like friends on like twitter and things is very strange but but they i i know some people who wrote like really long multi-chapter fix back mm -hmm. in the day like but they would rarely be more than say 20 chapters maybe but mm -hmm. now i see people are writing epics it's like 147 yeah. chapters and ongoing i'm like bro more power to you but yeah like you <laughs> can see all those little echoes of who i was when i was 12 yeah like i still use raven haired and darker haired i still use older and younger male yeah i I'm still use tight ring of muscle i still use all these things that i was using when i was 12 years old Okay, question. I want to because I thought of something. Yes. When you write sex scenes, yes, do you do you write the vocalizations or do you not? Like because I write because that was what I did. I used to write. I learned to write the vocalizations, so the moaning is like written out. But then I see now people do. It's much more dirty talk and like swearing yes. a lot. Yes, but we used to do the moaning. Yes. So I now do a little bit of both. Yeah, same. 
but yeah, no, I definitely remember that where we like write out the moaning. Also, do you remember when we would write sex? Like people have like full conversations. When we, I mean, I, I, I guess I do that sometimes still depends. Yeah. But like we would write like people just having like full on conversations during sex. And it's like, how bad is the sex that no, but- you guys if it's like because again, like you said, there was no refraction period, and when you're yeah. on your fifth round, at some point you're gonna have to start talking about who's doing the laundry, like you, you right? Gotta, like eventually, you're you know, when you're, when you're done, right? Like I guess somewhere in between being, you know, face down, ass up, you have to discuss, <laughs> you know, who's picking up groceries tomorrow or something. Yeah, you know, but like just having like full conversations, just like unbroken. <laughs> I will break Which, them up with, you know, like moaning and incoherence, but like yes, but yeah. I'll now it's them... a lot of now it's a lot of swearing and dirty talk. I yeah. will it, for emphasis. I will put in like a grunt or a moan, but I definitely don't do that anymore because it feels really, really cringe. Uh, flashback to me reading Omega Verse to Corolla and having to do all the vocalizations. <laughs> I mean, at, at just, one point like, you did stop doing the vocalization <laughs> because it made me want to perish, and then some of them were really hard like how do you read some of that because there's a reason why we use the term garbled sounds and babbling to explain what they sound like how do you you read how do you read that fucking keyboard smash (laughs) (laughs) it's not some of these sounds you can't make them unless they just randomly fall out of you naturally because you're being pounded into oblivion My favorite, and this is like old anime one, is when you are an English speaker and your fic is in English, but like you get the whole like death note thing of like translate this into Japanese, said in English. (laughs) Or like sometimes they have to acknowledge like the characters would be speaking Japanese, but it's an English fic and it's just like, yeah, no, Uh, (laughs) but a lot hasn't changed. So I dropped my AO3 uh, yesterday in prep for this episode. And And what uh, in the Discord? uh, On Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, I haven't been anywhere lately. I've been working. (laughs) And it's amazing that you can see if you read a lot of my fic back to back that, yeah, I'm definitely following a formula. And that formula is one that was set in stone years ago. And I promise you that many of us who are writing fic also have that formula that was set in stone by someone. You can see everything about a writer in their fic. It's one of the reasons why I love like writing memes so much where it's like, what's on your writing bingo card? Because (laughs) we're not always clever. We give ourselves away. So like, how can you tell it's an Amanda fanfic? One, I will call out random things because I feel like it. So like in my plant cest fic, I spend a lot of time calling out statues and music. Yeah. Why? Because I'm weird. But I do things like that too. And then yes. and then one of my favorite things that apparently that I do is that I like I set up and like I try to be secretive and like I yes. try to build kind of like suspense to the point where i think that again throwing myself under the bus but sometimes i guess it's a little overdone because Mm -hmm. i don't know but then if you know me you're probably going to be able to guess what's coming because i do write a certain kind of stories and a certain kind of 
I not trauma. I mean, they they all have trauma. I guess that's what the big plot twist really is. But like, it's like I try to be secretive and build it. But if you know anything about me, you might be able to guess what's coming. Trying yeah. really hard to like for, mis mysteriously foreshadow, but actually. Uh, yeah it's funny because like i'll create these characters and like look at this little ball of sunshine and it's like oh he's gone <laughs> he's, he's nope he's he's got he's to be evil. happy Never for mind. two minutes yeah he got then... to be happy for two minutes and now he's evil but like yeah. you can see all those little echoes of who i was and who i am now like if you it's almost like when you look like sedimentary layers in like a fossil dig or like yeah you can tell what matters to me, what doesn't matter to me, what I'm reading, what I'm not reading. And you can do that all the way back. You can do that in almost any writer's work, especially their fan fiction, is that it's almost like this weird little like time capsule of who they were mm -hmm. and who they are. Like you can see all of my modern influences now. You can see <laughs> the foundations that I built upon that were faulty and weird. Um <laughs> It's one of the reasons why I think in BL criticism, especially, I think it's so important for younger fans to go back because without the context of knowing how we got where we are, a lot of this stuff just seems senseless and stupid. Yeah. You know, it's easy to say, oh, well, this is problematic, he, he, he. But you need to go back and understand why we got to where we are. Yeah. So dig up your old fanfic if you have it it's gonna suck it doesn't ever get easier and Do you, you know sometimes you dig up something that you remember as being like the best thing you wrote and then you read it and then you're like, like kill me oh god you know right why did i write sex like this who are these people <laughs> right um Good lord, we could talk about this all day. But I mean, we're not we truly we could, but because we have stuff to do. But so, listen, this is like the best time I've had in weeks. I, <laughs> it's so nice to just get to do this instead of like constantly working on organizer stuff. Like, yes, a moment of peace and quiet and cringe. I guess, even though I don't believe in cringe, I. I believe in cringe as a way to grow. Yeah. I like cringe as a tool for growth, not as a tool for shame. Because that is one thing. So I um, I was in D.C. not too long ago. And I was there during Otakon. And, you know, that weird, like, clout game that fans get into when they see other weebs. And it's like, oh, I'm not like you. And it's like, <sighs> no, you're worse. You're worse. I mean, we talked about this during our meeting and concluded. We did, but we like, yeah, but it's like, it's so funny because like I saw these people going to Otakon and like in like in their Naruto shirts and they're like, I have Castiel on my backpack next to a blue eyes white dragon. I don't have, I'm not superior <laughs> to anyone. I'm not better than you. I'm, <laughs> I am you. <laughs> or it's like, ugh, common weeb. I, Two separate guys at the airport had these huge Itachi arm sleeves. One guy was TSA. He protects our country. <laughs> and he's a weeb. And I, I wanted to be like indignant. Like, oh, I can't believe it. Can't believe they let you have a job. Oh, you have a job, Amanda. <laughs> You're the same person. Personally, <laughs> you know, I feel safe if 
I knew that the TSA agent was one of us because we're really good at gatekeeping. Clearly. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in the best spot. The TSA like, needs to be perfect. He's perfect. He's perfect. But yeah, it's like we tend to think of ourselves like, oh man, I'd never do that. Yes, you did. You're worse. Deal with it. <laughs> what like look at what you're doing right now. What right? is this? I'm not better. You don't get I'm to not... judge anyone. I don't get to judge anyone. I'm not better than anyone. <laughs> but with that, I... go... yeah. yes. No, I was just gonna say I am, but if when I say that, what I mean is I am worse, and I mean that as a badge of honor. <laughs> Correct. I am also worse. And this is what I'm... happens to you. The only reason we're worse is because we're older and we have more experience being Correct. like this. Correct. And this is your future. Correct. <laughs> it only gets better. So it does. We're going to talk about this so much more at Citrus Con, which we'll Yay! be at. Uh, oh my God, where's the calendar? It's like the 22nd. No, a calendar. Calendar dial. Uh, it is the 26th. Where did I get 22nd? Where did you get 22nd? Where? I? No, wait, I think that's the, that's the deadline I need to have my panel uploaded to. Okay. Yes. So we will be there uh, on the 26th talking yeah. about how uh, BL fanfic has changed. So get ready to see this, but expanded on and with more eyeballs and more lucidity. And uh, if you haven't gotten tired of me talking about gravitation yet, I am doing a reprise of my gravitation panel. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be very, very exciting. I'm very uh, excited. Curl is going to be busy this weekend with Todukon. I will be keeping the fort uh, safe, as I always do. As you always do, because I am nowhere to be found. I will go back into my little... I don't Hell's know. Hell's face. Yeah. No, I, if you are a listener who by some chance... Uh, are in Norway, uh, please come say hi if you see me at Turukon. I'll be running around like a headless chicken all day, all weekend. And if not, I'll be in behind Wall Maria at the tech table. We call it Wall Maria. They build this thing around us, like they cover us up with these like really tall like curtain things. So we just started calling it Wall Maria because we can't Every see anything. Weeb. Every time a weeb has a wall, it's Wall Maria. Every <laughs> single one. Because that's Yes. Again, we have no original ideas. All of them no. are echoes of the same thing. Well, I can't help uh, it. Damaged. We can't help. We really can't help it. Uh, there is no live this month because Corolla has Todocon and we will be at CitrusCon. That is acting as our live stream. Yeah, because we will Patrons, be live. We will be live, just not on the channel. Patrons still get their exclusive video this month. And patrons, soon you guys get to start voting on our Halloween costume. There is one obvious winner that Corolla wants. <laughs> oh, but I and thought of another obvious... good one, but you'll see. And there's an obvious winner that I want. So it's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be, be really, really fun. Uh, patrons get all different kinds of cool exclusive merch uh, back uh, behind the curtain peaks and uh, exclusive videos. Very so unhinged he... content. Our last one was pretty hinged. 
yeah, which is why our two most recent, like this episode and the last main episode, were both unhinged. Off, yeah, completely yeah. off the rails. Uh, this month on Patreon, we're either going to talk about uh, Yoshiki Kitazawa for the entire oh, hour, God. <laughs> or, or. Or. We will expand upon what we've missed in this because there's a whole outline that like we did not touch because we just yeah. went off the rails. Uh, we'll probably still talk about Yoshiki Kitazawa a little bit because we've been done. We've done nothing but talk about Yoshiki Kitazawa. It's Yoshiki very off-brand. Yeah, she is literally everywhere. He, like, <laughs> he's controlling everything at this point. Yes, uh, Carla, would you like to tell the listeners at home what we're covering next month? Yeah. This is very exciting. Uh, I need to get reading. Yes, and you do. Everyone needs to grab a very sweet, nice, tasty snack for our next episode because we're going to finally cover Antique Bakery, a whole episode dedicated to one of Amanda's favorites. Yeah, we're finally going to cover Antique Bakery. Uh, listeners to the old show will know that we did a Fumi Yoshinaga special early on because Fumi Yoshinaga was the original goat of the Aoi Shelf. Now it's Maki Murakami. But Fumi Yoshinaga <laughs> has always been very, very uh, I mean, she's great, though. Yeah, that, that that's not a diss to Fumi Yoshinaga. But, you know, I Antique Bakery is so important to me. And again, like when you talk about like the echoes of what influences you in your work, Anyone who studies Antique Bakery can see very clearly how Fumi Yoshinaga has influenced my work. Um, and it's kind of scary and weird, but I love it. I'm very excited because, you know, yeah. I have, I only have the blasphemic experience of having watched the movie. Um, yes. So I'm hoping to delve into both the manga and also maybe the anime before mm -hmm. the episode. So I will be obviously not as well equipped to talk about it as you are <laughs> but i'm this very excited religion. i'm very excited to dive into this with you uh, i'm excited for it to too everything now you can find us all over the social internet uh including discord which i've gotten better at linking in the show notes uh tumblr which we're getting better about being on you can send us an email at the yowie shelf at gmail.com and uh <laughs> Whatever barren island Elon Musk is trying to make Twitter. And it will forever be Twitter. Yeah, we're not referring to it as X. There is only one X. Okay? And you know, yeah. in the end, Yoshiki of X Japan might save us all. And this is the funniest fucking thing that's happened to me all my life. And I love it. Also, how dare you put Malice Miser on my TikTok in the year 2023? How? I again, stop blaming me for TikTok things. No, I've never I haven't I have not touched TikTok ever except for when you send me links to it. Yeah, it's your fault. But also send me a link because I happen to enjoy Marisumiseru to be super weeby about it. But I mean that's how they pronounce yeah, thanks it. For the, yeah, thanks for the weeb thanks for the weeb spelling. Like, I'm sorry, but that's how they pronounce it. Weeb. Tamaki looks so disgruntled behind you. <laughs> he has had a traumatic experience. How you? He was left on the ground. <laughs> it's okay. He got hugs as soon as I brought him inside. Yeah, and he's been getting a lot of hugs ever since. Also, he has this, like, he has this nice little, like, strap thing. 
And I'm just yeah. considering just like strapping him to me at all times, but just wearing I, him like a necklace. But I think that he would be sad. <laughs> the things but, he'd have to see. True. Oh my god. Yeah. But thank you all so much for thank being you here. So much. Thank Remember you for to go shop out. with Yiggy Bean. Yeah, go shop with Yiggy Bean uh, for that exclusive sticker. That is very, very uh, nice. It is very uh, nice. I worked really, really hard. And yeah, you know, Citrus Con's coming up. We'll keep you guys posted on that. Halloween is rapidly approaching, which I don't want to talk about. And next month, we're going to talk about a series that I love and I'm going to, you know, make Corolla read. But in the meantime, go thank a fanfic writer. Do go thank a fanfic author. Go, go thank a fanfic writer. Even if the fic isn't your cup of tea, just give them a thank you. Give, give them a kudos and a thank you. Tell them your favorite line or favorite moment or anything. Yeah. We, yeah. we eat crumbs, you know? Oh my god, we love it. We love it. If they have wank and tell, just go ahead and tell them <laughs> if that helps. I stopped using it because one person did respond to a wink and tell on one of my fix, and I had like a nervous breakdown because it's like, oh my god. <laughs> I have help. yet to see that tag in any of the fix I've read. I am impatiently waiting. Oh, it's great. <laughs> but uh thank you so much for listening. Thank you we'll so much. We'll see you much. in the next one. Bye. Bye.